Hey guys, Tyler here, and the Ask Questions podcast is taking a little bit of a holiday break. We decided that we would kind of send season one of Ask Questions off with a few episodes spotlighting guests that have been on more so than some other guests. Uh, We are still doing like a Christmas party episode, so be looking for that to drop the week of Christmas. But other than that, we're going to be coming back in January with season two with some new guests that we're really excited about sitting down with and recording. This first season one recap episode features Spencer Frankenberger, who has probably been on the podcast more so than any other guest, if you include his Improv Summit crossovers that we've done with him. Uh, His pluggables are at the end of the second episode in this uh, little collection. So if you want to find out where you can hear more of Spencer, make sure to listen to the very end so you can get those details. Otherwise, stay merry, and we love you for listening. Bye-bye. You're listening to Ask Questions, an interview podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Kathy. And today, guys, we are going to be short. Sarah, me and her had a little bit of a disagreement shortly before recording. And she put in a request for vacation. And Jonathan granted it last minute. So I hope she comes back refreshed as well as um, more reasonable. You know, I'm glad you stopped crying, Tyler. Um, That was getting a little sad. Um, I cry about a lot of things. They don't all have to be about Sarah, Kathy. I, I didn't say it was about Sarah. I just said that you were just crying a lot. Okay. So. Um, I I, I want to thank you for pointing that out on an open microphone. Where no, it's lots okay. Of people can hear that. That's great. Humans have emotions. emotions. Humans sure. have emotions. It's completely natural. Well, I'm just saying, I if Sarah wouldn't sh- shut down all my great ideas that I have. I know, Tyler. You know, I thought that. Uh, installing a Ferris wheel out back where we record would be great. I wanted to do that. That seemed like a great thing we could do. And she shot that down, especially after I'd already made the down payment on the Ferris wheel. So you're a go getter, you know? And Sarah is a shooter downer. Anyhow, so on today's episode, we have Polly Moss. And Polly is a doggy daycare owner, uh, takes care of dogs. All day long, or I assume employees, people who takes care of the dogs. You know, uh, yeah. if I ran a business, I wouldn't actually do anything. Yeah, guys. Hey. Oh, hey, hey, Polly, hey. how are you doing? Yeah, hey, Hi. good. I, I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, I, I own doggy daycare. Uh, I call it Dog On It. It's <laughs> uh, a play on words because Dog On It's a thing people say when they're frustrated. Sometimes. Yeah, but you know, in this case, your dog is gone for the day. We take care of them, so do- Dog On It. Oh. That is smart. That is a really good play on words. Have you always been uh, a dog lover or was this just a business opportunity you saw that you could take advantage of? Yeah, well, you know, there's always this uh, saying that some people are cat people and some people are dog people. Uh, I happened to actually have Mm -hmm. been a cat person at first, but then I realized that no one leaves their cat at a cat daycare. You know, they leave their dogs at a dog daycare. So how can I make money on pets? Well, dogs was the solution. Well, I think cats... Cats, I think, mostly take care of they themselves. Do. I don't really think they're even domesticated. 
They do. They're very, very low maintenance, but high maintenance at the same time. I actually don't keep cats because I'm afraid that if I was to pass away, that they would eat my body because I heard that's a thing they do. I, I wouldn't surprise me at all because cats, they, they yeah. you know, they're like, uh, they're like lions. I mean, lion is a cat, you know, so they can get really aggressive, but they have those animalistic instincts, if you will. Yeah, you know, I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody. I don't think you can ever truly domesticate a cat. I don't think it's a thing. They always have those tiger eyes where they're looking at you like they're ju- they're always just one meal away from eating you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen the musical Cats or the movie Cats, those eyes that they put on the cover of that, that just screams not domesticated. But also... I've not actually There's seen dogs. Cats. Uh, you don't need to see cats because it's all about the dogs. Am I right? <laughs> but but you know the dogs. There are some dogs. Like what are those those Siberian huskies? They uh they uh can sometimes get a little aggressive. You know they got that they got that husky in them. That sometimes owners forget that they can actually attack. You got to be careful. Yeah, they're part wolf. Yeah, part wolf. But dog on it, we take care of those too. At dog on it, they do have fierce eyes. You're right. I don't want to get off too much on the tangent because I'm very interested about how one starts a doggy daycare business. But you mentioned the play cats. Is there a play about dogs like that? Is there like a sequel just about dogs? Oh, yeah, of course. There's a so there's a movie called Cats Don't Dance, which you may you may have heard about. No, but you don't realize that uh, all dogs go to heaven is also a movie. All dogs go to heaven and all dogs go to heaven, too. So they thought, well, if all the dogs are dead, then there's no reason to have a play about them because all the dogs go to heaven. But then it makes you think of the question, where do cats go? If if all dogs go to heaven, do cats go to heaven, too? But cats don't dance. So I discovered there was a movie that may be coming to Broadway. Who knows? It's called Dogs Are Us. Not to be confused with the now defunct Toys Are Us, but Dogs Are Us. This is this is a whole story about dogs because they are the dogs. You know, we are the dogs. Dogs are us. And Dogs Are Us is so inspirational. It's about how the dogs can take control of their own destiny. And so I I, I found it to be very inspirational. Hmm. And it was the reason why I decided that Dog On It was, was the way to go. Dog On It, those dogs are so inspirational. <laughs> So you took this inspiration from these inspirational dogs just owning the day, manifesting their destiny, and tell me how you just went headlong into that and starting this business. How did that go? What did everyone tell you when you said, I am starting a doggy daycare? Yeah, well, first thing I said was, you know what? I think I'm going to start a doggy daycare. And everyone said, aren't you a cat person? And I said, yeah, but cats don't really make money because as we've talked about, you know, they kind of take care of themselves. So there's no real money in that. I mean, I, I want to have a compassion and a love mm-hmm. for animals, which of course I do, but I also got to make a living. And dogs are the way to make a living because you got you got kennels, you got the places where they are, you know, shelters. I didn't want to say the name, but you know, they exist. Um, but why not why not find a way to house pets uh, even for a brief time and get to know them and just get to make a lot of money. So dog on it, I thought, why not make a doggy daycare? And everyone said, ah, you're not going to make one. You're too much of a cat person. And I said, watch. And what I did was I just decided to throw all of my cat stuff out. I donated my cat, gave it to a home that wanted it. And I said, you know what? I'm ready for the dog business. And it was as easy as that. Easy as that. Polly, have you taken any dogs home that, you know, didn't have an owner or the owner didn't show up? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, sometimes people leave their dogs and they think... I think sometimes people think it's a shelter and I have Mm -hmm. to be like, don't worry, 
we're here to take care of them pickups at four o'clock and they're like, yeah, okay. But you know, they're always on their phone or honestly like on their phone where they're not even listening to what I'm saying. And I'm like, you know, I don't charge overnight fees. The fee is that I get the dog for the rest of eternity. So I've taken home quite a few dogs. So how, how many dogs have you collected over the years you've been in business? Yeah. Uh, I'd say 17, 18. Um, it, it's, it's quite astonishing oh, wow. how many times people actually forget to pick up their pets at Dog On It. But Dog On It, do I love it. So I'm imagining this is a scenario where you're working at Taco John's and someone leaves the drive through before they get to the window because they got somewhere to be and it's taking too long. And now you've got this case quesadilla and an order of nachos. Nobody's going to take it. So you decide, you know what, I'm taking this West Mex food home with me, except with dogs. But have you ever tried to contact the owners? Surely you get their information um, at time of sign up with the dog. Do you ever try to call them and be like, hey, still got your dog? Or is this just automatic forfeiture of the canine? Yeah, it's automatic forfeiture. It's actually written in the contract that people sign, which Maybe a little shady, but I've learned that people don't actually read contracts, so they know what they're getting into, but they don't actually because they don't read the contract, just like they're not paying attention to the fact that they have to pick up their dog after a certain time. If this is not an overnight place, this is not a, you can stay and we got all these extra people to work extra hours, it's like it's open from 9 to 4 and that's it, you drop them off at 9, you pick them up at 4, we, 401, they're mine. At that point, you have to be back at 4 o'clock, otherwise they're my dog forever. Have you ever had someone try to come back for their dog? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the time. People are like, I didn't know about this. I need to get my dog. And I'm like, it's in the contract if you read it. And I mean, you know, some people may say I'm heartless, but I, I think that that's just it, it's it's business. You, you got to uh, stand your ground. You got to you got to keep your foot down. You got to make sure that everything you do is held up to accountability. Would you say it's a dog eat dog world out there? <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to think of it metaphorically, of course, it's a dog eat dog world and I'm the dog eating all the dogs. But of course, in a literal sense, no dogs are eating dogs. I, I don't eat dogs. Uh, the dogs don't eat dogs. The dogs all get along. But metaphorically speaking, yeah, of course. And I'm like the head dog, the, the top dog, the the dog, the dog of all the dogs that eats all the dogs. And by the dogs, it's really the people. But I think you get the idea. You're the D-A-double-G. Yeah, D-A, D-A. D-A-double-G or D-A-W-double-G, uh, whatever you want to call me. You can just call me the top dog or dog dog. Dog on it. Call me whatever you want. I think that's just called the alpha male, you know, leader of the pack kind of thing. But have you ever been taken to court over this business practice? Because I'm not going to lie, as much as I am on your side with this is in legal writing, you've got this in print. I'm assuming, sounds like it's in pretty small print, but print nonetheless. I can't imagine you've never been taken to court. I mean, McDonald's has been taken to court over their coffee, right? Mm -hmm. So have you ever had to be in front of a judge over this dog forfeit alpha male policy? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, everyone these days want to sue about everything. And, and, and to point out something, you're right, it is small print. It's actually uh, written in 5.2 font, so it's actually much smaller than the average I can actually see. But because it's written there, when when people take mm -hmm. me to court, I'm like, well, Your Honor, it's written in the contract. And they're like, where is it? I'm like, oh, it's in this 5.2 point font. And the judge is like, well, I mean, it's there. I mean, he's like, you know, it's probably not the best way of going about it. It's kind of not a great 
practice. It's, it's shady, but it's not illegal. That's what he says. It's shady, but it's not illegal. So I just kind of go with that. Sure. Uh, so yeah, people have taken me to court, but they haven't won yet. Polly, was this a TV judge? Like, were you on a TV? Because this seems like a ruling that a TV judge would make. Yeah, Judge Judge Jeremiah. Judge Jeremiah was the uh, judge that I went to multiple times. Okay. Actually, I'm on several episodes. Oh, so you're like a reoccurring yeah. guest star on Judge yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, it's, it's tough out there. You know, you got to make money somehow. And, and on top of the doggy business, sometimes you just got to be on camera. Well, yeah, because it doesn't sound like you have a very re- revolving door base of customers if you're taking all the dogs home. There's that initial doggy dog sit fee you're getting. So you're getting you're you're making money off of these appearances from Judge Jeremiah other than just winning the verdict. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I have a little bit of uh, a legal history behind me. Shows love to eat that up. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, let's get this guy on here. And so they they do. And it's let me tell you, it's, it's good. It's good money. I mean, I thought making a doggy daycare business was a lot. But whew, being on those shows, it racks up. It racks up. Let me tell you. How much would you guesstimate that you made off your guest appearances on Judge Jeremiah? Well, I would say on the seven episodes that I've been on in the past couple of years, uh, probably looking at a ballpark of, uh, and, and there's no bones about this, like $50,000 just for like an hour long appearance per episode. No yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what really? I'm legally allowed to say. There, there's, I've definitely made more off of that. Does that money go back into your business or do you use that for your own personal needs? Great question. I feel like I want to say it goes back into the business because I'm on the record. Um, so that that's mm-hmm. what I will say is that it, it goes back into the business. But uh, I'm winking really hard. Uh, just pretend yeah, just pretend like that. uh, that's that, that I'm not winking. Uh, but yeah, it goes back into the business, of course, for sure. Wink, wink, wink. OK, I just didn't think that. To be honest, scamming people out of their their dog could be so lucrative. I feel like I need to get out of the podcasting business, Kathy, which I've I've voiced this to Kathy many times. I said, you know yes. what? I don't think there's any money in podcasting. It's oversaturated at this point. It's just not going to happen. And so now I'm kind of inspired by you, Polly, in that I don't know if I want to open a doggy daycare, but not to put too fine a point on it, I want to scam people. This sounds like a very – and I want to be on Judge Jeremiah. Can you get me on Judge Jeremiah? Yeah. I think you actually have to scam someone first before you can be on Judge Jeremiah. Yeah, or I mean, what you could do is if you if you had a dog that you wanted to drop off at my daycare and then just not pick him up, then you could sue me and be on the show as well, and then you could get the other side as well. But then I would also make a lot more money, and I get to keep your dog. So it's up to you, really, how mm-hmm. you want to make that work. Right. So for Judge Jeremy, can I call him Judge Jeremy? Does he take offense to that? I, I've just always he... called him Judge Jeremiah or or Judge Jay. Judge Jay, but I'm sure Jeremy, I mean, that's fine. It's a different name, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. In fact, you know what? Maybe you should say it because then if he sues us, then I can go on and get more money by calling him the wrong name. So I I would actually be okay if you called him Judge Jeremy. Okay. I'll just call him JJ. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like, it's very informal. I like to think that he's up on the, uh, the, the, do they call it a dais? Whatever the judge is on, uh, in a, in a Hawaiian print shirt and just the bailiff goes, Heary, heary, all stand for JJ. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be a show, JJ's Place, and we see Judge Jeremiah's life outside of the courtroom. Mm. And you, you would be a reoccurring character. You would be like his best friend, I would yeah. assume. And then he could, he could have 
different people who have dog cases and then they can drop the dogs off for the daycare for the day while they go to the court and then they wouldn't read the fine print and now I'd have more dogs. Doggone it, what a great idea. What do you think would happen though if this case was taken, if it was appealed to someone other than JJ? Do you, do you really think this fine print, give me your dog shenanigan would fly? Because I don't think that it would. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got to be honest, it, it would be quite an incredible journey for people to appeal this. Uh, because once once you go to court, you know, mm-hmm. you're pretty much just homeward bound. Uh, you don't really want to go back and kind of deal with it later on. Um, but but once you're homeward bound, you just kind of are just going back home. So I don't think people are going to appeal it. But if they did, I would get another appearance on the show. And just think about that. I would go back and get more money. So in theory, people are helping me out by allowing me to appear on all these shows. They didn't realize that they're trying right. to sue me for money. But in doing so, I'm actually making more money. So it's just kind of feeding the whole the whole circle of the world. Right. Well, and that's assuming they appeal it to a TV judge, though. Like, What if they were to appeal it to an actual circuit court judge? Hmm. What do you think would mm. happen? Well, I think I have a pretty solid case. I mean, if you really think about it, even though it says fine print, everywhere that you go to says always check the fine print. And people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this and that and the other, right? And you're like, yeah. But then, you know, I just say, yeah, yeah. I read the fine print. And they say, okay. And then they sign it. And then I'm like, it's fine print. No matter what size it is, there's a magnifying glass nearby. You just choose not to use it. That's not my problem. Polly. I know you're a businessman and this is how you make money, but do you ever feel bad for taking man's best friend away? It's funny you should ask that. Because every now and then, I think, does this dog like me? Does it like its owner better? Would they prefer to be back with their owner? And then I really think about it. And I say, hmm, too bad. You sign the contract. And so the dog, I mean, the dog's unfortunately helpless because the dog didn't sign the contract, but maybe they're better off with an owner that pays attention a little bit better. So if you never had an owner that said, hey, I'm very sorry, I was held up at work late at work. You know, I'm a very important businessman. I'm so important. And I got held up 15 minutes. I'm going to be there at 4.15 to get Fido. What do you tell Jerry, the very important businessman? Yeah, I say, uh, hey, Jerry, thanks so much for giving me a call. Let me know about that. Uh, unfortunately, as per your contract, uh, pickup is at 4 p.m. specifically. And if not, then I collect your dog forever. And so, unfortunately, Jerry has to make the choice, make money or keep a dog. That's really uh, on, on Jerry's uh, choices. Have you ever had someone get hostile with you in person over this policy? Like show up and get get visibly hostile with you? You maybe even felt physically threatened? Because I can imagine this being a situation that would escalate. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I mean, people think that 4 o'clock means 401. According to their watch, it's 4 o'clock. According to the clock, according to, you know, the sundial around the corner, it's it says 4 o'clock there, even though it's 402. Mm-hmm. So I've had definitely people right in my face being like, you give me my dog now or I'm going to sue you. And I'm like, you can catch episode 63, episode 72, episode 89 of Judge Jeremiah. There's a couple other ones, you know, that are in the works as well. And they're like, well, you, you can't do this. And I'm like, I the fine print, the magnifying glass was there. You didn't tell me there was a magnifying glass. Well, I didn't have to. It's right there. You could have asked what the magnifying glass was for. The fine print is there. I told you to read the fine print. And then they just, 
get mad because I keep talking. So they're just like, whatever. And then they leave. And so then usually people don't argue about it after that too much until they take me to court. And then I'm like, hey, thanks for giving me the money to go to court. Is Judge Jeremiah the only judge in your area that they can take you to? This seems very suspect that there's no other avenue they can go except to take you in front of JJ. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think it is. I think it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of becoming a name in the town and I feel like uh, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I got to catch. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's I think it's that people just want to see, you know, what's going to happen this week with Polly on Judge Jeremiah on JJ's place. Uh, I guess that's what we'll call it now is JJ's place. Yeah, JJ's um, place. And, and I think that that's the biggest thing is, is you know. The, the networks are making a lot of money. I'm making a lot of money. So why change when they can just get all that money? It's a business. So, peop- so people still bring you their dogs, though. Like, you've been on TV. You were a famous dog napper at this point, albeit legally suspect. But you're a famous dog napper at this point. And people still bring you their furry family member? Yeah, you know, that's the beauty of it all is that while the show is very popular, not every single person has seen it and not every single person knows about Dog On It. So they're like, oh, I haven't been to Dog On It. Let me just drop my dog off. And then they just don't realize what it is until it hits them. <laughs> not to get off track here. Um, this is very interesting. But how does this affect your personal relationships? Do you make your partner sign a contract too, saying if you're not here by a certain time, we're done? Or is this just in doggone it? Oh, no, it has to extend to personal life as well. Work life, personal life, uh, uh, hobby life, you know. Uh, so with any a girl that I've ever dated, I said, here's here's the rules. The number one rule is you have to be on time. If you're uh, not on time, you're you're dropped. And that's how it works. And even with my hobby time, I'm like, I'm going to movie at 520. If this movie doesn't start at 520, I'm asking for a refund. I'm not talking about the trailers. You said the movie showtime is at 520, not the trailer time at 520. So that's also what I do anytime with hobbies. I will ask for a refund or I will say I signed a contract saying 520 and it's not 520 anymore. Kathy, this, this is why I'm really glad Sarah's not on the show right now. Because she'd be asking all sorts of questions about the moral obligations of a dog sitter. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I'm inspired by Polly. You know, I'm, I want to do my own semi-legit business scam. And Polly, I got a business pitch. I want to run by you. And you tell me what you think. Tyler, before you mm-hmm. go. Yes. This is working for Polly. Great. It's great for you, Polly. And no offense to what I'm about to say. Tyler, mm-hmm. I really think just because this is working for Polly, it's not going to work for you. You just have that baby face, and I just don't see. see. This is, and you have a you have a harsh no Polly offense. Has po- dimples. Look at those. Look at Polly's dimples. They're beautiful. Those They're are- dimples. You could just swim in them. I get it. Doggone it! I Tyler, love the compliments. A- yes. No offense, Polly. I'm about to start s- saying some stuff. Tyler, you have a baby face. You have a heart. I don't think you can scam people. I could be like the Grinch in reverse, though. Instead of my heart getting two sizes too big, it can absolutely get two sizes too small. And no offense, Polly, but I think I can do what you're doing. But I think I can make it bigger. Literally. So, like a doggy daycare, right? Except it's horses. A horse daycare. A horse daycare. And you bring me your horse. And if you are too late to bring your horse... Too bad. This is my stallion now. Because here's a fun fact that I recently learned. I recently learned that the most valuable 
fluid, the most expensive fluid on planet Earth, is horse semen. If it's thoroughbred horses, it is more valuable than plutonium. Because at any given time, there's more plutonium on planet Earth than there is uh, horse ejaculate, right? So, and it's making thoroughbred horses is hard. So not only do I think I can make money off of the horses, right? Getting, getting these horses and having them, you know, pay me to watch the horses. Because that's going to be more expensive than a dog. I can also breed these horses, right? And then I can be on JJ's place about these horses and these ponies that I'm making and then make that extra income on top. What do you think, Polly? Is this a business venture or what? I think you got a really uh, solid idea. I definitely don't think you're insane at all. I think it's, uh, it's I think you're very stable. Actually, Thank you're you. very stable, very right minded. And uh, I just want to say you got to hold your horses just a little bit. Whoa, there, because because you know it takes a lot mm-hmm. to really scam someone. And I think I think if you're going to do it, you have to know the steps in which to do it. So just just be careful. You know, no, there's no horsing around with this kind of stuff. Whoa, Nelly, Tyler, mm-hmm. have you ever cared for horses? No, but I'm from Kentucky, so I feel just your because nature. you're from Kentucky doesn't mean you have that horse trainer inside of you. I don't know. They like sugar cubes. They like to eat grass. They need a fence. Yeah, we all have our own. We all have our own sea biscuit. What if a yeah. horse gets hurt? What are you going to do? Well, I'm. I'm assuming after th- doing this for about two months, I'm going to be swimming in the the cashola like. Uh, Polly here. Let's get a horse vet, right? Or you know, I'm sure I can also make a side hustle making glue. Tyler, carry mm-hmm. on, carry on with yourself. I am a big believer, and you make your bed and you lie in it. So, well, I also appreciate Polly being a big believer in me in this idea. How would you like to be an investor? Ah. Uh. Well, um, usually people who invest uh, have to be aware if they're going to get their money back. So if I'm, if I'm going to invest in you, I, I need to know that I'm going to get my money back twofold, uh, threefold even. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need enough, I need, I need mm-hmm. enough to like run my own, my own derby if I needed to, you know, my own Kentucky Derby with, with all the hats and all the everything else. So you just got to make sure that if, if I'm going to invest in you that you've got to really pull this thing through. What if I told you that just a couple of fluid ounces of horse fluid was worth $4.7 million? I would be very impressed. That's a fact. You can Google that. Polly, Polly, if this doesn't work out with Tyler, are you going to come and take his horses? Well, if he doesn't follow the rules in the contract, I definitely will. You got to make sure that if I'm going to invest in you, you got to sign a contract. And make sure you read the fine print, Tyler, because... If you don't read the fine print, then there's nothing I can do about that for you. If you take the horses, that's fine. Uh, maybe leave the fluid because that seems to be the most valuable part of the horse. Apparently, well, in the contract, the it'll say it'll say all parts of the horse, inside or outside, would belong to me if you don't pick up the horses at a certain time, or I don't get my money by a certain time on a certain day, which includes the horse fluid because that's part of the horse, whether it's inside or outside. I'm very specific with my contracts and also very vague, so really anything I say goes. You know what? Those dimples are not vague, and I don't believe that a man with dimples shaped like angels could ever do me wrong. I don't even know. I could do this on a handshake deal, but if you want to do a contract, I will sign them, whatever you want. I'm, I'm looking at these dimples right now in the Zoom camera, 
And all I can think about is just going into business with this cherubic doggy sitter that I think I'm going to make, I'm going to be very lucrative. I trust this man with everything. Yeah. These dimples are dimply the best, aren't they? All right. You both are very pretty. Okay. Polly. At the end of every episode, we like to do a lightning round with our guests where we ask rapid fired questions. Mm-hmm. We kind of try to keep it short. Are you up to doing that lightning round with us? Yeah, let's do it. As long as it's not illegal, I'm down. Yeah, let's gallop into our lightning round here. Uh, right off the bat, if someone was to cast you in the JJ's Place show, who would you want to play you? Paul Rudd, because we have the same name. So, of course, I got to go with Paul Rudd. And the same dimples. Yeah, we do have the same dimples. Uh, I think that's where I get them from. Polly, what does your parents think about your profession? My parents are no longer alive, so they don't know anything about this profession. Unless you believe in all that Jesus mumbo jumbo, then, you know, they may be watching down and not being real happy about it. But I, I, I don't believe that they know what's going on, so I don't have to worry about it. Polly, do you believe that all dogs go to heaven? I do. Doggy heaven. They go to heaven and they go to heaven too. Polly, what's your favorite word? Oh, (laughs) that's easy. Money. You're listening to Ask Questions, an interview podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Kathy. Kathy? Yes, Tyler. I am not comfortable with today's guest. Um, You know... We have someone from the Coast Guard coming on. Yes, I know. I read the email. And I have... I didn't. Yeah, I know. Uh, you just told me about it as we were getting on. Yep. I have broken several maritime laws. I am like the maritime Jesse James. I had no idea that... Because I know you can't swim, so... I have a ski Okay. And a life jacket. Maybe we just won't mention these broken laws to our guest. I'd but what if he's here undercover, right? Like, what if this is a, a bust? I mean, you can't try me right now because I'm on land. You can only try me on the water, I think. I think that's how maritime law works. So I can say whatever I want. Yeah, I'm not They're kind of the myself. officers of the water, I assume. But what if he wants to drag me to the water? And put me in water jail. Well, good thing we're on a Zoom call, so I don't think that's going to happen. Unless he finds your address and then hunts you down and then calls your loved ones and just, yeah. But that's very Like a rare. coast. Yeah. Like a coast bounty hunter. Yeah, almost. But I don't, are you afraid, Tyler? You're kind of sweating. I see a little sweat dripping. Very. Okay. I have done, I have done straight piracy on the open seas. Or as far out on the open sea as I can get on a ski do. Okay. Kathy. All right. Well, I'm a wanted man. Let's just on the waters. Let's just try to stay calm, Tyler. You're not good when you're frazzled. Stay afloat. <sighs> okay. You're, you'll be fine. Okay. Is if he mentions it, maybe you can casually drop it in that this was just something that happened in the past and not like yesterday or anything like that. Or or I'll go on the lamb. Who knows? Okay. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and bring our bring our guest on today. All right, Jeff, are you with us? Yes, hi, I'm here. Uh, it's me, Jeff. I'm here. Uh, hi, how are you? Hi, Jeff. So glad you're on. We are good. Um, so, Jeff Harper, how did you get into the occupation of being a Coast Guard? Well, it's a funny story, actually. I um, 
I love swimming as a kid. And I thought, oh, I want to swim for a living. And, you know, I, I said, well, I don't want to be an Olympic swimmer because that's just too much work and too much fame. And so I said, oh, maybe I could be a Coast Guard. And so that's what happened is Coast Guards deal with water. So I figured I may as well just swim as a Coast Guarder. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, just a water bug, I guess, you know, just wanted to be in the water. That's yeah. so great. Jeff, Coast Guard is twofold, though. There's the the water sports part of it, you know, swimming, uh Throwing that that life preserver out there, uh, shooting, I don't know, boat-mounted guns, whatever it is you guys do. But there's also the law part of it, right? The law enforcement angle. So have you always also been drawn to law enforcement or did that just happen to be part of the Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, they're called water cannons. So uh, the little water gun thingies, we use water cannons. But also, yeah, it just kind of happened. I mean, lately there's been a lot of piracy on the uh, on the waters, and and just it always seems to circle back mm-hmm. to you know people that you wouldn't expect to be be a pirate, but but they are, and and so sometimes you just got to take them down, no matter how or why or where. You just have to kind of make sure that they get nabbed and taken to water jail. Which, by the way, water jail is literally an underwater jail with bars and uh there are animals and sea creatures down there like octopi and and squids that actually kind of like use the keys to keep you locked into the water jail so hopefully you can breathe if you're in water jail because there's no uh gills for you down there so it's like aquaman's prison yeah except aquaman can breathe under the water jeff have you ever come across someone that you just can't catch like keeps on committing um piracy or water against rules anything like that is there anyone that you haven't been able to catch yeah you know the the tricky thing is it's hard to catch people who who kind of really know the maritime laws where where we can only catch people when they're in the water but not when they're on land they can do whatever they want when they're on land they can they can reveal everything they've done in the water on land but we can't nab them unless they're actually in the water however we do have some uh bounty hunters if you will i guess you could call them who do kind of hunt down these people Find a way to drag them into the water so then we can nab them and put them into water jail. So you're kind of like mall cops, right? Someone steals a pair of pants from Old Navy and you're allowed to pursue that perpetrator up until they leave the mall. And at that point, you got to get a mall bounty hunter. Is that kind of how Yeah, give works? or take. I think, you know, you know what a bounty hunter is. They go out and hunt the bounty. And in this case, the bounty are the people who kind of loot the the seas or or think that they know maritime law and don't quite know everything and how it works but you know that's why we're coast guarders we coast guard all of the the coasts we guard all the coasts with our life so i think about the coast guard that a lot of people don't realize there's that law enforcement aspect but as far as i'm aware you're also a branch of the military but also you know you've got the marines the the navy the air force you got space force now but a lot of people leave Coast Guard out when they're thinking about it. So do you ever feel like you're the overlooked branch of the military or do the other branches of the military ever kind of like give you crap for being the Coast Guard, being the, the little guy? on? Sure. The- I, I like to think of it as like if you're looking at a quadrilateral in math, right? And you have the area, you're solving for the area and you're solving for the perimeter. Everybody always remembers how to solve the area for a square, right? Which is length times width. So length times width gives you the area of a square. But do you remember what the the perimeter, to find the perimeter of a square is? Something to do with numbers. 
No, see, no one ever remembers. That's how I feel like the Coast Guard is, right? We generally guard the coast, so we're kind of like mm-hmm. the perimeter watchers, right? We're watching the perimeter, watching the, mm-hmm. the the coast, literally the coast. Everyone else is the area, right? They're inside, the Space Force, the Navy, the Army. So everyone always remembers them because they can remember the the area of a quadrilateral just kind of like you can't remember the, how to solve for the perimeter of a quadrilateral. So that's how we kind of feel. So, yes, to answer your question, we do kind of feel left out because we feel like we're the – we're like the short end of the math stick, if you will. Jeff, do you live on the water or do you live on land? I didn't know how, if you're a Coast Guard, do you have to live on the water like on a boat or if you're allowed to live on the land? I was just curious sure. about that. Uh, this is a great way to explain that there's another word uh, for bicoastal. You know, most people think of bicoastal as being on one coast and then kind of exploring the other coast. In this case, I'm bicoastal in the sense that I live on water and on land. I live on the water coast and on the land coast. So I kind of like, you know, where, where the sand and the beach kind of meet the ocean. I kind of live basically at, like there, mm-hmm. but like much farther down. But not underground or underwater, but like just below below Earth's surface, but like not quite that below. But, you know, above, kind of in that area, just kind of in between. But yeah, where the ocean meets the sand, I kind of live in okay. there somewhere. Does it ever get lonely living there? I mean, do you crave some human interaction or you do you have people that live with you? Oh, I live alone. And, and I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that because, you know, in the Coast Guard, you you see a lot of people when you have to go guard the coast or whatever they need help with, you know, throw them a life raft or a life vest or or, or grab pirates from their, their houses, uh, you know, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's on uh, in-person kind of meetings. Uh, so there's a lot of people that I interact with on a daily basis. So I don't have to worry about, you know, living with anyone to feel like I belong. Jeff, we talked about perpetrators on the high seas earlier i just had a hypothetical question just throwing this out there let's say a person hijacked and stole from a cargo ship three thousand copies of justin timberlake's justified album from 2002 which probably the highlight of his career just throw that out there. It's probably probably the highlight of music ever, period. Let's say that they stole 2,000 copies of Justin Timberlake's album, Justified. How much trouble would that individual be in? Well, I first want to answer your question by saying at least it's not the NSYNC No Strings Attached album because that is actually quite the pivotal uh, 90s, uh, early 2000s throwback because they have that song Space Cowboys, which I almost feel like the Coast Guard is the Space Cowboys for the water Right, like we kind of do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. except we have space cowboys now. With right, the space uh, but to answer your though. question, uh, yeah, a lot of trouble. I mean, that's a really popular album. Um, piracy really? is 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 both I- illegal, like on the high seas, but also like pirating music. You know, in the sense of like stealing music mm-hmm. by re-recording over it, or or stealing music from others. So, in theory, the piracy is twofold here, but it's definitely worthy of like a lifetime in in water jail water prison so so you know and 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 we do we do have trackers on all of our cargo ships so we you know if we don't nab someone right away the next time they're in water we're able to kind of like sink down below the uh surface of where we live between the sand and the ocean and and we're able to kind of nab those people as they come in because what people don't realize is we are kind of like an offshoot of the nsa as well so we kind of just have like eyes in the back of our heads but like literal cameras everywhere so we can watch people steal things and then get them if we can't get them the first time well, I don't know. I don't know how you would identify the person because at the time he was wearing um, a scuba suit, and 
looked that looked like Kermit the Frog. It was a wetsuit like Kermit the Frog. Hypothetically, he was dressed like Kermit the Frog in a wetsuit, in a scuba suit, on a ski do. Hypothetically. Could, I don't think you guys well, we did, catch we that. Did have, we did have someone Kermit. dressed like that on a ski do. And, um, and believe it or not, we have a laser uh, ray vision. So we can actually see through suits. Um, so we're able to kind of like, yes, yeah, so we're able really? to like, if anyone has a mask on or a suit, we can kind of just like, it's like almost like we're peeling it away hmm. with our laser vision that we have through our technology. Hmm. Tyler, I really think you should stop. I'm just, it's just a hypothetical. Yeah, your yeah. hypotheticals are really detailed and I Well, I I want to get I want to get down to the nitty-gritty of what the Coast Guard does. I didn't know they were so intense. How am I supposed to know how intense the Coast Guard is and that they're apparently not just a bunch of knockover water mall cops if I don't ask the hard questions, Kathy? And I'm asking the hard questions. And, mm-hmm. and this be... has nothing to do with your personal experience, correct? Not at all. The Kermit okay. the Frog thing was a lucky guess. Again, those okay. are those all, all hypotheticals um, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm asking here. So. Okay. Kathy, if you, if you want to follow up, I've got a – I'm going to be here. I'm just going to be um, on Travelocity looking for airplane tickets. I've got a trip that I'm just now telling you about. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all of a sudden? Um, I won a contest. Oh, what contest? Um, mini golf. I didn't know you played golf. You're not very coordinated. Sure. I'm pro mini golfer now, and I got to make it to this tournament. So I'm going to book some airplane. If you, I'll be right back. If you just want to ask uh, Jeff some questions about being water mall cop, okay. that'd, be, that'd be great. Jeff, if you weren't in the Coast Guard, what would you be? Well, I like swimming, you know, because uh, as, a, as an Olympic, I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, but I'm also very good at golf. And people don't realize that. Like, I, I think, like, maybe I could have been a pro golfer. It's just not, like, the thing I wanted to do. Um, but I really, I really love mm-hmm. playing golf. I'm very good at it. I know where all of the golf spots are for both pro golf and mini golf and all the greens, uh, all kinds of golf. I know exactly where every golf ground is whether it's mini golf or putt putt or the green so i think you know i maybe even if i wasn't a pro golfer i could be a golf owner of a of a business of golf okay i'm sure you've seen tyler on the green too yeah i've seen a lot of people a lot of people on greens a lot of familiar faces a lot of unfamiliar faces a lot of disguised faces just so many faces on all the greens (laughs) yeah hey another hypothetical jeff um, let's say if somebody sank a cargo ship full of the 2011 movie Sucker Punch, the DVDs, because that movie does need to be submersed and never seen or heard from again. Uh, how big of a deal is that? Well, personally, I, I wouldn't take so much of an offense to it because I, I also wasn't much of a fan of sucker punch. I, I think it had some, a lot of details that need to be worked out. Mm-hmm. So I do think it needs to be sunk down to the bottom of the ocean. However, according to maritime mm-hmm. law and the coast guard, you know, taking cargo, sinking cargo, it's, it's littering, it, it's destroying the earth. It's, it's piracy. It's, it's, it's destruction of material. So really you're looking at four charges just for that. So it's almost more likely it's, it's like the equivalent of, of uh, the electric chair, but for like, you know, the jail in the water, the water jail, uh, which might be also the electric chair because electric and water don't mix. 
So would not, though, the sinking of that many copies of the movie Sucker Punch be considered good behavior in advance? Because let's be honest, it was an awful movie. Well, Jeff. sure. That movie was sure. Like awful. I said, personally, I, I I would like think that that person's a hero because I mean they just got rid of one of the mm-hmm. worst movies. However, according kind to, of an anti-hero, right? Yeah, kind yeah. of uh, like a vigilante, if you will. But 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 according to maritime law, you know, as as someone who works for the Coast Guard, I have to protect the laws and say that unfortunately that person would have to deal with the electric chair in the water, which is like an electric eel. You know, we put the uh, electric eel on the person and they just zip zap zap. Hmm. Jeff, have you ever handled anything yourself or do you always let maritime law settle it? Oh, maritime law always settles it. You know, generally people think that we just come and go and then leave. But we always have eyes on everything, on everyone at all times. And, you know, especially people who enter the water. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, we, we take a lot of tests. We have very high IQs. We have, you know, we've taken the SAT, the PSAT, the GRE. Even though some of us haven't gone to grad school, we take all those and we ace them. We get like a thousand percent on them. It's actually more than you can actually get because we're always thinking and always watching. That's just who we are. Wow. Why do you think that not as many people just really grasp what an elite force the Coast Guard is? I had no idea. I thought they were a bunch of chumps. No offense. Well, it's because we have very uh, soft demeanors. I mean, as you can tell, I don't look like I'm a Coast Guarder because I'm no, like a cheery no. disposition and uh, and I'm just very smart. Right. But some of us are like big guys. And those big guys are the ones that come to like people's houses and drag them into the water to settle the maritime uh-huh. laws. Um, but those of us who are like me, you know, we're the we're kind of like a lookout, if you will, in that kind of aspect where where we do help guide people to the world of of the maritime laws but we also decide you know oh oh with my iq of 412 uh i think that this person was dressed like you know hypothetically dressed like kermit uh in a ski do and like here's the traffic Mm -hmm. pattern from where that person came from and where they ended up so then you can narrow it down and you know narrow it down to like three or four places and then kind of go from there and with the x-ray vision and the Security cameras, we can pretty much track anyone from anywhere. I have a hypothetical. Let's say Tyler. I know that's silly because Tyler doesn't look like he's done anything. No, this is the face of an innocent man. Yes. um, What if he was the one dressed up kind of in a Kermit green suit and committing all these laws? Well, the only thing I could say really would be rest in peace, Tyler, (laughs) because that's... Wow. That's that's really I mean, you know, all these laws. If if you were to be the the person behind all of these things, which again, the Coast Guard knows everything pretty much. We've got eyes in the back of our heads, we've got high IQs, but if that was you, you know, then we would have to give you the electric eel chair uh down in water jail. Mhm. Over sucker punch. As much as I love the fact that that this person may have destroyed sucker punch, which I would treat them like I said as a hero, but I have to go with maritime law. I can't go with my own personal beliefs. I took an oath. Right. So hypothetically, if, say, somebody decided to hijack a houseboat and they opened a TGI Fridays, a mobile waterborne TGI Fridays, and they had spent two years going up and down the coast with this, this boat before they hit it in a cove. I'm aware that this person, let's say if they did all the other things would be, you know, apparently the eel death penalty. 
But what if that person decided to go recover his stolen TGI Friday's boat and just go on the lamb across the high seas? Don't know where he's going. You know, he might be going uh, the Indian Ocean. Seems pretty hospitable. You know, uh, maybe he's looked into it. Water seemed pretty easy to deal with out there. How easy do you think it would be for him in his T- TGIF, TGI Friday's party boat? How easy do you think it would be for him to evade the Coast Guard? Well, I can answer this with two, 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 two thoughts. The first thought is... Um, us Coast Guarders, we love we love our crispy green beans. So uh, if we smell the crispy green beans of TGI Fridays, we're following that boat no matter where it may go, like a bloodhound. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we do as Coast Guarders. And and secondly, if if this person was to have done all of these heinous acts on the high seas, knowing that maritime law exists only on the seas, and decides to go on the lamb on the seas, it's going to be very easy to find this person because we're always constantly monitoring and navigating the the seas whether it's the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Antarctic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And so really, really, this person probably wouldn't want to go on the lamb um, with their TGI Friday's boat because it's very obvious. And in fact, Coast Guarders go there all the time because it's a very delightful place to be on the sea. Uh, and it also just recently opened, which is also interesting because it hasn't even made the news yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's thing. So maybe this person just doesn't ever go on the water again. Maybe they just avoid anything with the coast and they go as far inland as possible, say Nebraska, Utah, you know, maybe a desert where there's as little water as possible, you know, Nevada. What do you think their chances of evading the, the coast guard bounty hunters, those diehards, what do, what do you think their chances of evading the maritime law that way are? Well, if you really think about it, the desert, cactuses are full of water. So if cactuses have mm-hmm. water, maritime law, it, it prevails in, in, in areas where deserts are. But also, really, people have saliva in their mouths, and saliva is is water-based. So really, if you're a human salivating, you technically are in maritime law, whether you're on land or in the sea. Now, we don't always go that far because, you know, we got to give people a chance. If they're if they're on land, you know, they can kind of be safe. But again, that's why the bounty hunters exist for, for and you the probably sea. have bigger fish to fry, right? Other than TGI Friday's justified sucker punch guy. I'm sure he, his crimes are heinous, but well, you've got Somali pirates. Right? You got to get to first. Like I said, this person, uh, apparently it's only one person who's a guy uh, that uh, destroyed all these Sucker Punch DVDs. I mean, that's like I said, I would treat this person as a hero. Much respect to that person. But according to maritime law, I took an oath. So I have to follow the laws of the ocean and the land, really, which Mm -hmm. is that maritime law is is succeeded by the land. But then when there's land, when there's water, then, you know, we can kind of we can just kind of go wherever we want. But yeah. Hmm. So, Jeff, you're saying really they can't hide from the law. Correct. No matter where from they the go. From the maritime law. Correct. Maritime law exists. Yeah. So people who want to steal things on the high seas think they can get away with it if they're not in the water. But as long as something is water-based, I guess I should clarify. Being on land is excluded from maritime law, but being on land where anything is water-based is not. Maritime law is based in water. Water no matter where that water is or goes or does. I had no idea the jurisdiction was so wide for the Coast Guard. Well, we like to make things vague because we can't have people coming back and being like, well, it doesn't say that it has to be only in the ocean. We can say, well, we say it's water-based. Did you Were you involved in water? Then yes, we can take you. 
Hypothetically, if this happened years ago, is there an amount period where this is a sponge? Yeah, from a, the a record? statue of limitations, right? Uh, mm. There's got to be something like that. Well, number one rule of maritime law is there are no limitations. Hmm. As long as it's water based. You don't say. Tyler, are you okay? You're kind of sweating. Is it's it fine. hot in there? Sweat is another is another thing that is involved with water based, right? Because because mm-hmm. sweat uh, can drip into water. So so if, if and theoretically, if you're on land and you're sweating, then maritime law goes into effect in that case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hey, Kathy, uh, I don't know if maybe we we could just go ahead and go to our lightning round. Um, I I actually booked I booked my flight pretty soon. Um, in like two hours. That's a really quick flight. I mean, that's really Mini quick golf time. waits for no man, Kathy. And it's oh, maybe Jeff can meet you because he. Loves I know all the. Golf. I know all the golf spots. No, it's. I'm sure you do, but this is a very um, elite tournament. Tyler, we gotta be. You know? We gotta be nice to our guest. You know, it'd be nice if you said you, know, you could offer him. Some companionship there. A lot of Coast Guarders who are going to be on flights today uh, for the next couple of hours uh, going to different places because we all like to play golf. We do love to play golf. Mm-hmm. So you may you may run into a couple of us for sure. Uh, in fact, I'm sure you will. Air water marshals. You guys have air water marshals on airplanes? Yeah. I mean, you know, they serve water on airplanes. So technically it's within the, the laws of maritime. Um, yeah. And planes go over the ocean. They do. Yeah. You'd think that would be the, the Air Force's jurisdiction. But I guess not. Well, it can be. It can be. But it also can be for maritime law. Um, actually, I don't know uh, where the, the tournament's going to be now, Kathy. I think I'm going to get a new ticket sometime soon. See, I didn't even know you owned golf clubs. That's just so strange to me. If you've ever been to a mini golf course, they provide the, the clubs to you, Kathy. Yeah, and the grass that they have uh, is definitely gets watered all the time. So that's also within maritime law as well. Oh, yeah. They have sprinklers going off for them. Yeah. Um, well, we like to have, Jeff, something we call the lightning round, where we're going to ask you rapid fire questions. And you just give us quick, short answer uh, off the cuff, right off the top of the head. Are you ready to sail into our lightning round? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hopefully I get a, a, a C average or higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Jeff, how formidable are the Coast Guard in hand-to-hand combat? Oh, we're, we're very, we're very uh, great at that. Like, we, we know Muay Thai, we know Taekwondo, we know Judo, we, knew, we know Jiu-Jitsu, we know Karate, we know really any kind of, like, hand-to-hand combat. But we also are very adept in, in, in rapiers and daggers as well. So, you know, we can do, like, uh, weapons as well, weaponry. I'm so screwed. Jeff, if someone were to run away, do you think you could be, catch them oh, yeah. quick? Absolutely. You know, I, like I said, I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, but that didn't work out. But we do have a lot of people that train to be like Olympic uh, marathon runners. So so we definitely have some really fast uh, people on the, the Coast Guard. Hey, Jeff, what if somebody was willing to roll over on an accomplice um, in a piracy case? Would they get any kind of leniency? Is the maritime about any kind of cooperation leniency on that when they're not slicing with rapiers? Well, if, if, if there was any kind of leniency, then we would have to set an example for everyone and everyone would have to get some kind of leniency. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless you decide not to steal things and maybe like be lenient and not take things on the high seas, then there is really no leniency for the crimes that were committed. Gotcha. Cool. Great. Awesome. Thanks. Jeff, what's your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word is gotcha. As we put all together in one word, gotcha is my favorite word. 
I bet you say that to all the people that you Yeah, get when we to. nab them, when we nab them, whether it's on land or in sea, we say, gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny, Jeff. Have you ever fired a cannon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, remember, I said we have water cannons. So, you know, those are like, but we have like the big ones, you know, like the old pirates have, like, you know, back in the old movies mm-hmm. and stuff. We got those big cannons and we just go, sometimes it knocks people's heads off if they're not cooperating. Thanks for listening, guys. We had so much fun today. Uh, so thanks to our guest, Spencer Frankenberger. Uh, uh, did I get that right, Spencer? Yeah, that's close enough. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, where th- where they can fi- where can they find you when they get your name right on the social interwebs? Uh, luckily, you don't have to worry about that too much because I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Spencer101F. Or you can find me on my website, www.SpencerFrankaBurger.com. Thanks. Uh, and guys, don't forget, everything that you just listened to was made up on the spot and improvised by a suggestion given in by a listener just like you. So if you want to give us a suggestion for the next interesting person for the Ask Questions crew to interview, feel free to reach out to us at any of the socials that Kathy's about to give you. And while you're at it, don't forget to leave a review. We love seeing them and we appreciate it. It helps us out so much. Guys, if you are listening, make sure to like us at Ask Questions Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Spencer. We love you all. Goodbye.